G'day, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Ads and Dunks podcast, exclusively brought to you by the Oz American Aces. It's Josh, your host here, obviously joined by my best mate, co-host, Adam Trelaw down in Melbourne. How are you going, mate? Going good, mate. It's uh, it's funny. We um, It's going to be funny come the end of the season because we'll be... Uh, Hopefully, Brado, our, our great producer, can uh, put like a little um, off-air clip for us or clips of us because uh, I seem to be the one who stuffs up all the time. It took us a bit to get going today because my internet keeps <laughs> dropping out all the time and last week it, it dropped out like three times throughout the episode. So, um, sorry about that, mate. There was a bit of a uh, bit of a hold-up for your introduction. That's all right, mate. I'm used to, you know, waiting for you and <laughs> whether it's at a cafe or, you know, you're 20 minutes late or whatever you might be, I'm always used to it. So... We continue to move on, don't we? Yeah, we do, mate. It's uh, it's funny because uh, obviously we obviously don't live in the same state, and I thought maybe uh, you know, maybe I'll put my best foot forward when we're via Zoom or via Link and uh, not stuff up as much. But I, I still seem to do that, so I um, I'll keep trying to uh, bring my A game weekly, and hopefully uh, this episode nothing can drop out. Nah, that's all right. I'm sure we're we'll right, mate. But hey, um, how's your week been? It's obviously been another week uh, since we've chatted and. So a lot, lot's been going on. How are you feeling? Yeah, it's been good. I um, obviously away from the on the, from the footy side of things, it's been really good. I uh, I'm um, I'm getting into cooking a little bit. I've Ooh. been uh, I've I've been snapping you and sending you videos of my pasta machine that I brought actually just uh, recently a couple of weeks ago, and I'm trying to learn the art of it. It's not the old school way where you um you know you do the, all the riggers and takes a couple of hours to do it or an hour. It'd probably take me forever. Um, it's one of those things where you literally chuck the um, the flour and the egg and the water in and it literally kneads it and does everything for you within six minutes. So uh, I've actually been trialing out that a little bit throughout the week, which has been nice. And I know um, you'd be proud of me because I know you like cooking and you always bag me when we when you lived here that you never came around for a home-cooked meal. But <laughs> I'm actually pretty good. Um, just ask Kimmy. That's good. I, I am uh, very pumped for you. Very proud of you. When I, when I get those snaps, I'm always like, oh, look at him. Look at him go. Now that I've left, he's got to start cooking his own food. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, mate? How was your week? Yeah, it was good. It was a disappointing result footy-wise, which we'll touch on later on. But um, it was nice to get down to Melbourne again and and play on the MCG and stuff like that. But to catch up, it's actually been a couple of days. Mum and Dad came up after the game on the weekend. So mm. um, to have some family around in Brizzy's nice. It's obviously not used to um, being so far away from the parents and the rest of the family. So it's it's been good to have them up here and, and see them and spend some time with them. So hey, I do want to mention one thing though. I uh, Last week I talked about that birthday party that I went to and I said mm-hmm. it was Rachel, but her name was actually Angel. So I stuffed that up oh, on the podcast. and completely got it wrong. I got the complete <laughs> wrong name. So it's Angel, I'm sorry. Uh, I know that they all listen, everyone there listened to the podcast because I said I'd give them a shout out, but. They all sent me messages getting into me about calling her Rachel. So uh, I'm really I'm sorry, a, Angel. I'm so sorry about that, Angel. If it was me, I wouldn't have stuffed the name up because I don't know how you can get <laughs> Angel and Rachel so far apart because uh, it doesn't sound anywhere near. But um, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you gave her a mention on the potty. Um, one other thing before we get stuck into um, speaking of you stuffing up because there's a there's a, a an enormous thing that you did on the weekend, a milestone, and and something that you uh, you might have let us down a little bit before we get onto that. I've seen Lazi's doing the the big freeze dive. Is she diving into the water or whatever it may be up there? So, um, Want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, so she's uh, she got hit up last week, I think, by the Lions, the footy club, as they were sort sort of searching for um, people to do it. And 
yeah, it was, it's for the big freeze. Obviously, our game on Friday night, we get to sort of do our own um, big freeze game, which is awesome and obviously a great cause and, and everyone should uh, get out there and donate and buy the beanies as everyone's touched on over the last few weeks. But yeah, Lazi's going down there. It's, I think it's actually a dunking thing. So you press okay. a button and she drops into like a big tank of water full of ice and cold and yeah, a little bit. So you, funny you, won't, you won't be able to see it though, will you? Because you'll be preparing for the game. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's before the game or at halftime. So okay, we'll see. Okay. Oh well, I'll, I'll have uh, my eyes on that. It's exciting for us seeing that today. So I'm um, good on Lara doing that. And as you said, it's obviously a great cause. Watching yesterday's game was uh, firstly it was an unbelievable game itself. Two of the best teams in the mm. comp, but um, was um, the build up and all, all the uh, celebrities and ex sportsmen and um, Eric Banner, the A grade movie star, sliding down the slide is incredible. And something that is that something. Obviously, for the cause itself, you'd love to do, but obviously, post career, if you ever got asked to obviously slide down the side, it's I can imagine it's something that you'd want to do for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you touched on, it'd be a, an honor to be a part of it, but at the moment, it's hard being a player. And, um, but mm. from afar, I feel like we all we all contribute to, to what is a great cause, as we touched on. So, it is something I'd love to do in the future, that's for sure. Me too. That's probably coming to closer to me than what it is you. Um, I've got a few more years left, I reckon. But um, no, as I just touched on before, we uh, we mentioned uh, great disappointments. In what was a great uh, great moment for you? You kicked your first goal, obviously for the Brisbane Lions Footy Club, but you promised us an A celebration, and you and. Not only I didn't get one, Tommy didn't get one, Brado didn't get one, but everyone that listens to our podcast has sent in a, uh, their messages straight away. Why didn't Dunks do the A celebration? First, you've got to give us a please explain, and then maybe secondly, you can just do it on the potty for us. Yeah, well, I am sorry to all our loyal <laughs> podcast supporters out there. Um, I, I've got a bit of a, an excuse because I feel like once I kicked the goal, I did the Adstra Law celebration in the double fister, and then... Everyone got around me. I just got swamped. And you know what? It was going through my head. I've got to get the A up. I've got to get the A up. Come on, like, get it going. And uh, by the time I was, all the boys sort of ran away from me, it was back to the center square. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do it now. You it's too late. It. So, nah. But it was a, I was definitely thinking about it in my mind, but I just didn't get the chance. I was, I'm sorry. See, I know, I actually know that you would have been thinking about it because you're one of the most loyal men I've ever met. And when you say you'll do something, <laughs> You'll do it. And yeah. for some reason, I could sense, because I, I was obviously watching, I could see I just there was just something in you that wanted to do it. I know you're pumped about kicking a goal, and you've always been a great celebrator of goals, but there would have been a little bit of hesitation as soon as everyone finished celebrating, or well, celebrating with you. It would have been a bit awkward if you were running to the center square just throwing up the A sign. So just throwing up I, the um, sign. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, because I um, I have no doubt that you would have um, – you would have been trying to uh, think about doing it. But, mate, if you kick a goal this week, Friday night, obviously it's oh, uh, yeah. it's another big game for you. You've got to give us the A celebration. All right. I, I promise. I promise right here, right now that I will do it. I will do it if okay. I can go. Well, that's that's for all our listeners out there because as uh, as I just said, we had over 100 comments written in and just before we put up a Q&A, I mean a question about – um, anyone who want, wants to, uh, us to answer some questions or send some questions through, and I had hundreds of comments yet again <laughs> about you not doing the A sign. So yeah. one thing I take from that is it's great that we have so many people listening to us and um, getting a kick out of us talking crap week in, week out. So um, there you have it here. Dunks has promised for the second time that he's going to um, do the A sign on Friday night. But um, 
we'll obviously move on to the footy that uh, we always start off with. And it's happened again, mate. Uh, the omen that you yep. and I have, if one of us loses, the other one loses. Um, what's going on? Well, it's actually in my mind now a little bit. I, I watch your game Friday night and I'm like, oh, no, we might uh, be in for a rough one on the next day. But, no, it is it is crazy. Like, mm. I feel like we've got to play first and then you've got to play second because if we win, then I feel like anything can happen on your end. But Because um, that's the only yeah. time that we've actually – the win that we had was the only time that it's gone against our thing because yep. you lost to Port that weekend in Gather Round. Mm-hmm. So, it's a crazy, it's actually a crazy talking point because it's happened every single time. I know. And I was touching on, um, you know, we'll go through the game obviously, but your goal was kicked in the same manner that I kicked my goal this week. It was the exact same yep. manner, feedback, snap over your corner and you celebrated. So um, pretty funny how things work. We always say, uh, we always seem to do the same things when it comes to injuries and whatnot. So um, yeah, it's pretty funny, but um, we'll obviously touch on on your game first. Um, yep. Yeah, I guess just just run us through. Obviously, I, I spoke about Hawthorne when we played them a few weeks ago on the potty about how impressed I was by them, and um, you know, if if you give them a chance to play the how they want to play, they're going to obviously take that with the young, you know, young group that they have, energetic legs. They're a great contested ball team. I think they're number one, still number one in the competition. Great clearance teams and great midfielders through there. Um, yeah, just just talk us through what uh, what do you feel like went wrong and and what did you guys do right as well because it obviously wasn't a blowout and there's obviously some positives you can take from it but yeah take us through the game. Yeah, it was a it was a tough one. I think as you said, um, the the Hawks boys are definitely up for the fight every single week and you've got to be on the on your game against them because there's some great players out there that are just you know ready to take that scalp. Obviously, being down the the bottom end of the ladder um, doesn't mean anything for Hawthorne. That's for sure. They play an exciting brand of football. It's a different brand of footy to what I'm probably – or to what everyone's really used to. They like to handball a lot. So we probably went there um, with the thought process of, you know, trying to defend them and come forward and things like that. And their handball chain just got overlap. And unfortunately, we sort of played into their hands a little bit. So the game was on their terms for majority of the day. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, I feel like the – the contest stuff too, like they got us from center bounce, but then we won clearances around the ground. So from it went from coast to coast, really. It went from our forward line to their goals uh, nearly all most of the time. So, yeah, disappointing. But I feel like the um, as you touched on, there's always positives that come out of it. And we unfortunately lost Huey McCluggage as well to concussion, which is a bit of a rough one for him. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to this week. Obviously, you t- touched on playing on Friday night and, um. Yeah, I think we'll be better for that. It's a tough, you know. Everyone talks about the MCG being a bit of a a hoodoo for us. I didn't really feel that out there, but certainly is a it, it's a bigger ground. I think everyone knows that as AFL mm. players and and supporters and whatnot. So, um, it is a little bit different to play on compared to the Gabba, let's say. Uh, but yeah, we'll take a lot of lessons out of it and bring it to our next MCG game in a few weeks' time against the D's. The assessment that you obviously mentioned about the game, I totally agree. It kind of looked like that because, uh, as, as I just said, you guys still played really well and um, we're right in it to the end. So it was obviously a disappointing result ultimately for you. Um, no doubt you bounced back. But speaking of the MCG, do you, you know, do you, does that ever get brought up at all? Ever? Like maybe internally from coaches or anything? Or because obviously it has been a public. I guess knock, I suppose, on on the lines, and even before you mm. were there, it was always spoken about. And 
Um, last year in the final series, I feel like they proved a lot of um, you know a lot of people wrong because they played some great footy on the G. And personally, I obviously don't think it's a hoodoo either. But um, what does it ever get a run in the change room, or do you ever get spoken about? Does it frustrate you at all? Do you think it's unfair that it's it's mentioned because it was definitely mentioned after this game? Oh, it's 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 actually to be honest, it's, it wasn't mentioned once in the lead up to mm. playing the Hawks. The only thing that was really mentioned was that the Hawks have beaten us the last three years or four years now. So. Every time the Lions have played the Hawks in the last four years, they've beaten Hawthorne have won that game. So that was the only thing that was really mentioned. And those games have been in Tassie. One was at the MCG. I think there was two at Tassie, one MCG. So, mm. um, yeah, it's it's definitely not something that is spoken about as players. It's just obviously the, the outside world that, you know, people say that they don't hear it or listen to it. Up here, it's a little bit different. You don't hear as much. But – you definitely hear the outside noise, and you probably th- we probably thought about it post game because everyone's talking about it. But I, I just feel like it's a it's a bigger ground. You know, we don't get to play there often. Maybe we have to look at other things down the track when we do play there that might help us on a on a bigger bigger deck because we play at the Gabba, which is I think ten meters smaller on the wings and five meters shorter on the length. So mm. um, it is a stark difference to what the MCGs. So we've just got to adapt our game plan and our style to to play on that bigger ground. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess that's obviously hard to do because you do, as you said, you play a lot of your games at the Gabba and then you don't really get to play on a ground, I guess, as you mentioned, that size. But um, I personally think it's a bit unfair because I feel like, um, you know, obviously last year, I think there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of unfair criticism towards the Lions playing um, at the MCG and, and the fact that they were able to prove them wrong in, in a big, you know, in a big game in the semifinal mm. and then obviously reach the prelim. Um, I felt like it was a little bit unfair and, and I got no doubt, you know, when you get the opportunity next time, as you said, in a few weeks' time, you'll, um, you guys will rectify that and play a good, you know, obviously, hopefully win, but play a good brand of footy on the G. Um, what about the um, Sicily tackle? I um, There's obviously been quite a bit of talk about it and, uh, you obviously one of Huey's teammates, and and um, you know we all hope he's doing well, and I hope he you know can can play obviously next week, probably not this week, obviously. Um, yep. What was your thoughts on that? Uh, I I saw it from a distance. I I I know James Sisley personally, and I think he's a really good fella. So I know that he wouldn't be doing that on purpose out on the field. It, it's probably a little bit of anger. You know, things take over when you cross that white line. So. I've got nothing against him personally. I know personally he wouldn't want to do that to to anyone. So mm. I feel sorry for him, but it is something that we're trying to stamp out of the game. And obviously Huey got knocked out. So, uh, yeah, he's probably going to miss some footy, whether that's – I don't think it should be any more than, you know, three weeks. I think that's what you get if you get sent to the tribunal. So yep. um, it's a tough one to really talk about. I think when you look at the person and the player, like – they're different things, so you've just got to react on what happens out on the field, and and I suppose feel for for Sis because he's going to cop that ban that everything we're trying to stamp out of the game at the moment. Yeah, and it is tough for him and Hawthorne because he's uh, the last well, three to four weeks he's shown how valuable he is as a player. He's probably been the best player on the ground in each of those games for Hawthorne. So yeah, yeah, it is going to be a big loss for him. But um, yeah, as you said, hopefully Huey's doing okay. Yeah, he'll be right, mate. He'll be right. I think he'll be back next week. So do his 10 days or two weeks or whatever it is and then get back into it next week. So looking forward to that. But uh, let's let's touch on your game now, mate. Friday night footy against Port, who are 
looking very good. Uh, talk us through that one. Yeah, disappointing. That's uh, to say the least. We felt like um, it's kind of been a, the same story the last three weeks. I um, obviously didn't play the Gold Coast game, but it, it kind of went the same way. We were in front and they hit the lead again and they were, they were too strong. Exactly the same against Geelong. And then, um, you know, there's a reason why Port Adelaide are, are right up there as one of the benchmark teams in the comp with with Collingwood and now Melbourne and obviously you guys and a couple others. So, yeah, again, extremely disappointing because I feel like, you know, we're playing our brand for sustained periods but just not long enough. And, you know, we work extremely hard on, on how we want to play and, and we, we thoroughly believe that our brand stacks up well against most teams and um, we seem to let games slip when, when the games have been in the balance the last couple of weeks. So that was exactly the same as Port Adelaide. Um, you know, we, we were good around the contest, good around the ball, but I feel like... Um, you know, when they got into open space, we weren't able to stop them as, as well as we liked. Um, you know, a couple uh, a couple of easy inside 50 kicks that they had uh, really hurt us. I think we had more shots on goal again, which is disappointing because um, obviously didn't win the game. Um, we had more inside 50s, I believe. We, we won some key indicators that we felt like, you know, if we win those, that probably goes a long way to actually winning the game. But yeah, we just weren't weren't good enough. Port Adelaide uh, um, played them twice now this year, and you know, in, in my opinion, they're the best you know best side I've definitely played against this season, and and are going to be right there come the pointy end of the season. They're playing a great brand of footy, very confident brand of footy. Um, you know, led by Zach Butters and and Connor Rosier, who are you know you know it's I might have to change my start bench cut from last week with Connor Rosier by how well he's playing and and how tough he is, and you know just. Really impressed by the way he goes about it and, and he helps lead them in the middle there and um, he's a big reason why they won the game, by the way, that he played himself and, and a couple of the other guys. Charlie Dixon was a, was a great in for them as well. So, yeah, extremely frustrating, mate, that, um, you know, we weren't able to win the game and I felt like we, we put ourselves in a good position to now two weeks in a row, three weeks in a row, two weeks in a row since I've been back in the side. So, we'll, we'll definitely be trying to rectify that this week and, um, you know, no, no opposition is easy. You know, and, and it's going to be a tough challenge for us this week against North Melbourne. Mm, you talk about um, Zach Butters. He's he's flying, isn't he? But what what do you think? Like, I reckon we've all felt that, you know, when you're going well and you just feel like you can't be stopped. Like, how how do you think you do stop him? Like, he's he's one of those players that just cracks in at the ball. Like, he's as hard yeah. as anyone in the competition. Like, how would you stop Zach Butters? It's a good question. There's probably no way you could probably do it at the moment. But I think mm. – I think that is probably why because he's, you know, there's quite often you see guys, you know, and, and Zach Zach would probably be the first guy to say that he's not the biggest guy out there and, and a lot of the times what they lack in size, they might, you know, not might not be as good inside, might not win contested footy or clearance. <laughs> the total opposite of what he does, he wins contested ball clearance and is a great outside player if you give him time and space. He's an unbelievable kick, unbelievable kick. So, um, I've kind of answered my own question there. You probably can't uh, answer your question there, sorry, because you probably can't stop him. I feel like you'd have to really hold him down like a Ryan Crowley tag the way he used to do back in the back in his day. Because um, you know, if you can't take if you take away his outside game, no doubt he'll have a crack and try and win the inside game. The thing that I am so impressed by him is you know when players, I guess when players, you know, eventually you know, start to figure it out and become great and great offensive players and absolute superstars by what they do with the footy because, you know, a lot of the times 
the the general person or the general public will see, oh, he's such a good player because of the way he gets the ball, wins the footy, his decision-making, his kicking, whatever it may be. He does it just as well the other side. He defensively is as good as any midfielder in the competition, in my opinion. Yep. He he chases and tackles hard. He goes, plays right to the line, uh, puts his body in the line. He flies for aerial contests when he's not the biggest guy out there. Um, yeah, just extremely impressed by him. And, and as I said, we've played him twice this year and, you know, he'll probably you get best on ground in both games in terms of the Brownlow. I know he's got max coaches votes both times. So, um, you know, my respect level for him just through the roof, enormously through the roof again from the weekend. And and I did hear that he was actually a Western Bulldogs fan. So, well, he was a Western Bulldogs fan. So, um, I, th- I feel like he gets a little bit of a kick playing against us because they're players, you know, Libba and Bonte, these guys that he would have loved growing up in the Bulldogs colours. So, um, yeah, he's an absolute star and was a massive reason why they actually won the game. Speaking of uh, Libba, you'd have to be up for the chat with Butters too because he's very good on the lip, I've heard. Um, him and Libba were going at it a few times during the game. <laughs> Did you overhear anything? Oh, probably not Not safe to say on a potty that um, we've got some <laughs> great fans you listen to. and um, No, but it's all fun and games. It's, that's the thing. You can see when they're, you know, when they're talking crap to each other, there's a bit of a smile, cheeky, um, you know, elbow in the back or whatever it may be. Um, it's pretty funny watching them go at it because, yeah, they're, they're very much alike. And I feel like that's what kickstarts Zach Butter's game. I know it does for Libba when he's contest and, you know, chirping or whatever it may be. But I know I feel like that is what kickstarts his game and really gets him going and gets him on edge. So, you know, keep doing it. No doubt he, he will for the rest of the year. And if there's a Smokey for the Brownlow, well, he's probably not even a Smokey anymore. I feel like he's a genuine favorite for the Brownlow. I feel like – um. Yep. Yeah, if uh, he's a he's a he's a big chance to um you know take it out this year, so um you know well done to him. Mm, he's flying. Uh, he moving flying. on, mate. We'll talk about uh, this week for both of us. You obviously touched on you got North Melbourne. Um, do you want to give us a bit of a preview on that game and and talk us through what you'd be looking to achieve this week? Yeah, well, obviously win. That's that's um in the forefront of the mind, but um. You know, we, we need to win. That's the reality. We want to stay in, in touch with the top teams and definitely in the top eight. And, you know, they're playing a, an exciting brand and have been playing an exciting brand the last few weeks. Um, you know, they, you can clearly tell that, um, you know, it's one of those, I guess, one of those uh, brands where you, you give them the license to really take the game on. They do. And and they did again on the weekend. And um, they've got some quality through there. Um you know, just really, really looking forward to seeing what we can, what we can bring and what we can sustain for for the large part of the game. We've got to, you know, as I said, we've played our our brand in in dribs and drabs throughout the game, and um, you know, and as I've touched on before, it starts we could test the ball and and really winning that inside battle. We've been able to do that, but just not for long enough. And as I said, there's there's no easy easy teams in this competition, and. Um, I don't really care what the ladder positions say. I don't really care what it says about North Melbourne. Um, you know, I'm not sure where they are on the ladder, but it doesn't really matter to me and it doesn't really matter to us. We've got to take it, you know, as a game where we, we need a win. We've got to take him as, you know, being one of the best teams and, and take them on head on because we know they're going to want to do that to us. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a game that I, I, I genuinely believe is going to be hopefully the kickstart for, again, what's going to be, you know, really good games of footy for us going forward. It's been... You know, started off the year poorly with those first two games, then played some really good footy where we were actually building something really good. And then the last three weeks have really let ourselves down. So hopefully this can be the week where, you know, disregard the score, just look after, 
you know, what we look after and play our brand for footy and hopefully the scoreboard looks after itself and, um, yeah, have a really good win because we need to. And um, as I said, we ain't going to take any team lightly and we just can't this week against North Melbourne because we know if we do, they'll run all over us and, and they'll end up beating us. So we can't do that. One player I'm really looking forward to watching against you guys is uh, the rising star for this week, mm-hmm. George Wardlaw. He looks mm-hmm. he looks like a serious player and well, maybe even a smoky for the rising star, but I'm looking forward to seeing him going up against uh, your midfield, mate. How do you see his his progress so far? <laughs> well, he's I'm, I'm glad you mentioned him because he's definitely one of them. I mean, people obviously talk about Harry Sheasel, who's at, who's probably the you know the rising star favourite with with obviously your teammate Will Ashcroft. Um, but I'm as pressed. I'm as impressed with him as I am with 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 any of the young guys. He and mm. I remember my manager told me that um, you know wait for wait for this guy to debut and, and wait till you see him play and you know his strengths and attributes because um, obviously it took a while for him to to play and uh, yeah, mate. Here I'm. I am extremely impressed. I feel like he can pretty much do it all as one of those modern day midfielders who's really big and strong and powerful and. Um, just give him a couple more years in the system, building his body. He's going to be a serious player and, and probably one of the great players in our competition. So, you know, I just mentioned not taking teams lightly. He's a player that we just can't take lightly, and um, you know, we're going to need to you know be on our best to be able to stop him from playing his game. But you know, all of his teammates playing their brand of footy. So, um, yeah, he's someone I'm extremely impressed by. Um, but we'll be looking forward to the contest. Um, but yeah, I um. I uh, will definitely have my eyes on on your Friday night game, on uh, on obviously Friday against you know a team that's going to want to knock you guys off because you know them themselves the Swans are playing. I think you know they obviously wouldn't be too pleased with their win loss record and how they're going. And um, we know just how you know how good they can be. They, there was no fluke. They were in the grand final last year and took it right to the you know right to the last game of the year. No doubt you're going to be expecting that off. Of obviously off the back of you guys losing, but off the back of the Swans losing as well. Um, I feel like it's going to be a, a tightly fought contest and one that you'll be looking forward to. How do you, how do you see it playing out? Yeah, it's going to be a great game. I feel like they've, uh, as you said, they um, they probably be very disappointed with how they're going at the moment, but the faith is still there in their group. And yeah, after a, our game and losing down in Melbourne on the weekend, we'll be coming out with a full head of steam as well. So. It's going to be two teams that you know are going to be wanting wanting to crack in right from the start, and I feel like if we can get the um, always say it the territory battle in our favour, then uh, it'll go a long way into into us scoring. So that's you, you know you score goals, you you win games of footy. We probably haven't scored enough over the last few weeks, um, two weeks especially against the Crows and and the Hawks. So we need to kick a score that's going to put us in a position to win games of footy, but also defend as a as a team as well. So. Um, they like to take the game on, similar to the Hawks with that handball overlap, but they really do like to kick the ball a little bit more as well. So we're going to have to be on and switch on in, in Team D and, and be ready for that contest because they've got some good little inside mids that can cover the ground and work really hard all over the ground to to outnumber, but also you know get their ground balls in too. So looking forward to to that one, mates. It's, it's going to be a good test for us. Um, as we always say, no team you can be taken lightly these days. So... Looking forward to the contest and, yeah, it's a, it's a big one for us, Friday night footy and as we touched on before, it's the big freeze game too up here. So uh, a lot on the line for us uh, as, a, as a football club and as a team as well. You know, any matchups you're looking forward to in the game? Any, any players? I know, you, I know you like playing against Sydney. It's one of the teams that i got no doubt that you mark in your calendar. You enjoy playing against them. <laughs> um, is, there, yeah, is there anyone you're looking forward to playing or coming up against? 
Yeah, well, I like playing against the Swans because um, the history that, you know, the old man played there and just got a bit of a connection to the club. I know I speak to Horse a little bit still and, um, yeah, I've just got a few uh, good relationships at that footy club and it's going to be good to play against him again. I don't know if Cal Mills is playing this week. I think he might come back from injury. Um, but if, if he's around, then it'll be a good matchup on him. Luke Parker will probably be back. So in the midfield, we're going to have our hands full with, you know, as I touched on, their smaller guys in like Errol Goulden, um, Tommy Papley that goes through there, uh, Chad Warner, who's on fire. He's been on fire for the last two years, I feel, and, mm-hmm. and Mills as well. So um, there's a lot of them that run through there as well. Robottom's one that can play that sort of negating role and, and get you on the outside as well. So we're all going to have to be switched on. Um, hopefully our big key forwards can take a few clunks and, and stretch their defense a little bit, which would be, uh, which would be nice for us. But I feel like there's going to be a lot of matchups all over the ground that are going to be, you know, ones to watch. Yep. No doubt. I, um, I'll be watching and no doubt it'll be a sellout for you. And, um, these are the games you look forward to the, the Friday night blockbusters for you, which is exciting. Is there uh, anything else you want to bring up from the round? Anything exciting that caught your eye or um, oh, One thing that I love seeing was just the big Texan kicking 10 uh, for the Crows. It was a, you know, everyone I feel like knows Tex and knows what he's been through and um, he's had his ups and downs both on and off the field. But to see him kick 10 in game 250, I think it was, like it was just it's just great for not, not only him but the fans and the game in general because um, – it's just a great, it's a great feeling to go out there and and see what he can do uh, on a personal level, but then also watching from afar, knowing personally, and yeah, he's a ripping man. So awesome to see that. Yeah, I agree. It was uh, I, I wasn't able to watch it, but I was checking the, I was scrolling through the stats, and I just kept seeing. Him, I think he had six goals at halftime, whatever it was, seven goals, and I thought this is incredible yeah. to be able to um, play the way that he is, and, and it's not just because he's because it's his two fiftieth. He's been playing. Some really good footy all year long, and um, you know he's. It's funny because people talk about you know great forwards and Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins and um, Charlie Kerno and, and these guys, but Texas is as good as any of them on his day. And and mm. as we've seen on the weekend, he's still playing as good as ever. And I, I believe he jumped to the equal um, Coleman Meta Coleman Medal leaderboard just from one game. Um, so yeah, I, I I agree with you. It was a, it was cool to see. Um, you know, I went back and watched the highlights, and would have been a great day for him and his family. And um, you know, it was funny because some of the goals that he was kicking weren't just you know Joe the Gooses where I'm looking for Tex up forward. He's actually kicking some rippers and um, you know just showcasing his bag of tricks and skills that he's had his whole career. So I agree with that. Um, one thing I did see was the the Dan Butler tackle. Yeah, I was going to bring this up too. What uh, what were your thoughts? I'll let you, you can oh, be the, the resident tackle expert. Yeah, well, to be honest, I just I just don't understand. You know what what's going on. It, it it frustrated me that it was even looked at. To be honest, because he's he's just chasing him from behind. It's a great tackle in my eyes. Like mm-hmm. chase down tackle, win a free kick, holding the ball, get to the inside of fifty, potentially score. So that's what. You've got to do, and I, th- I actually think he said in the, in his um, I don't know what you call it, like interview at the tribunal. He said, yeah. "If I don't tackle him, I get dropped." So, yeah. what's he supposed what do to do? do? Yeah, I, I agree. I look at, I hundred percent agree with everything you say, and I, I think also you've got to, you know, you can sense when there's malice in it or when there's intent to hurt somebody, mm. and 
absolute zero in this. Zero intent to to hurt him. It was a great. Like, when I watched it live, I was thinking, oh, "It's a great tackle." And then, obviously, unfortunately, Blakey went off and um, wasn't able to play the rest of the game. So I always think, you know, I, I'm. It, it sucks to see Blakey's a gun, and I hope he's okay. And, and from what I believe, he was okay. Um, but yeah, you, you watching the game live, I thought that is actually a, a quality tackle. If you're watching that at home, that's you know that's what you'd teach someone how to tackle him from behind. The way that I see it is, where's the intent? So his intent was mm. just to tackle him. It wasn't to hurt him. So yep. for me, the sling tackle, there's an intent there to actually hurt the person with the ball. So that that's just a whole nother level. Whereas this yep. tackle is a chase down tackle. There's no intent to hurt. It's completely luck of the draw that he got knocked out or taken off the field because of concussion. Yep. So for me, in my eyes, it's plain and simple. Like there's no, he should not get a week for that. He should not even get cited for that. Yep. Unfortunately, that's what's happening nowadays. And um, again, I'm going to reiterate, I understand because of the head concussion and the trauma and looking after the player, but common sense, there has to be common sense in the game as well. Because yeah, as we've both just said, it looked like a really good tackle to us. Agreed. Because if he doesn't tackle there, like we said, he gets he's out of the team and unfortunately not playing AFL football, which is what we all want to see. We want to see the best yes. players out there. Mm-hmm. I agree. Anything else before we move on from footy that uh, caught your eye, or you're looking forward to this week? Uh, no, not really, mate. I'm I'm looking forward to the the last round of the netball, though. It's going to be a um, obviously it's a disappointing one for the for the Firebirds because it's their last game of the year, but mm-hmm. it's a huge game for uh, the Adelaide Thunderbirds and Tipper because. They've got a win to maintain. I think they could either get second or third spot on the ladder. So it's a big game for them. Um, hopefully they get the win and they finish second and then get you know that second chance to be able to make it to the grand final. But um, if they don't, they get a home final in finishing third. So it's going to be a, a huge game. They got beat again on the weekend, unfortunately, to the to the Sunshine Coast, which was a bit of a, an upset. Uh, yeah, I feel like they're they're uh, what I, from what I've heard, they're ready ready to go and cracking in this week, and everyone's up and about. So, looking forward to to the next one. Um, how'd you see the Firebirds game? I was I was actually there on Sunday. It was a they actually looked pretty good in the first half, and then the Swifts just got away from them. Yep, yep. That uh, again's been the story of a bit of their games this year, other than probably the Fever game where they obviously blown out of the water. Um, I uh, you know they've been playing a good brand and. Exciting and um, it sensed like there was going to be another win, but just weren't uh, you know weren't uh, good enough in the end. The Swifts are a really good side. You can clearly see mm. why um, you know why they're going to be. Well, I think they finished. They officially finished first, didn't they? Yeah, they finished first. Yeah, they did. Yep. Yep. you can see why they're the minor premiers and um, you know very good side and pretty cool that the build up was kind of state of origin like with New South Wales v Queensland and I know Kimmy loves that stuff and. Um, yeah, you know, it was obviously disappointing she wasn't able to win the game. It, it wasn't a blowout by any means, but, um, you know, obviously it wasn't a win. It's been a bit of a learning um, year for the girls and, you know, Kimmy uh, is just really looking forward to hopefully fin- finishing off the year strong. They've got Sunshine Coast Lightning, which is, again, another rivalry to Queensland-based sides, um, which is exciting for Kimmy. She's really looking forward to, you know, hopefully finishing on a really good note and then, Having some time off and, and really relaxing and um, watching the, the the netball finals, no doubt she'll be supporting Tipsy and as we all will, Lara will be doing the same. I um as I said, I was uh, 
you know, real rude of me not to mention Lara throughout the last few weeks. So I sent her a message after after the potty to say, <laughs> have a listen, because um, I do love you as well. Um, so she uh, shout out to Lara. But yeah, hopefully the girls can finish off well this week and you know, finish off with a win. And then, um, as I said, we'll be watching uh, your girl. Hopefully, you know, go the whole way and um, you know, win win one for for your family. Um, what about? Uh, will you be able to watch this week's game? Is it in Adelaide? Nah. So Tipper's game's in uh, Sydney against the Swifts. Okay. It's actually it's a, it's actually a fiftieth game this week. So I'm going to duck down to to Sydney hopefully and um, say, hopefully. get to watch that one. So. Yeah, they play Saturday night against the Swifts, which will be a huge test for them, but no better way to uh, knock off the, the minor premiers for this year leading into the finals. That's great. Um, I, uh, I'll i be supporting her and, and hopefully she gets the win. Um, one one other thing on the netball, because you obviously said you were there. How was Georgie? Yeah, <laughs> she came She came and sat, <laughs> seen her and Georgie came and sat straight in front of us and straight away she like turned around and she's like pointed at me and she's like, Josh. <laughs> It was so good. It was so good. Yeah, got a yeah. got a little cuddle off her, mate. I was gonna send you a photo, but last time I sent you a photo, you you cracked the shits and um, gave me nothing. <laughs> no, so I, didn't. I, I thought I better not, <laughs> <laughs> mate. I had photos sent to me anyway, so it didn't matter. I I look at it with pride because I know you and Kyle and Lara are all looking after Georgie and Kimmy up there whilst I'm down here doing my work. Yeah, well, it was. Oh, I just didn't want to didn't want to upset you, mate. I knew. Uh, <laughs> It'd be hard for you. I don't, yeah, it'd be very hard for you seeing us up here with with your family. But now nah, it was great. It's awesome to see Georgie and um, give her a little cuddle, mate. As as we always do. So nice to be there on on Sunday. But unfortunate result. But hey, one one other one I actually want to talk about was Ramelda Aiken, absolutely mm. flying for the Swifts, and she was a big part of the Firebirds before, obviously moving there. But yeah, she's flying. Yeah, it was. Um, I actually didn't realize she was playing. Um, I, I thought she'd retired. That was what I believed and because I thought, you know, was she not playing for Queensland? I know she had been a star and, you know, was a part of those um, great teams that Kim was a part of all those years ago. Um, but, yeah, you're right. They're hard to come by, those um, gun goal shooters and, you know, the confidence mm. the team must get when they throw the netball. She's uh, – yeah, she she must strike fear in the opposition and um, she's a massive part of the reason why they're going to come close to winning it and, um, yep. You know, she was definitely a, a pain in the backside of the Firebirds on the weekend and no doubt Kim would have been thinking far out. I wish she was uh, still on our side, but yeah, she's a uh, she's a gun. The top four, I, f- I feel like, you know, have been the best four teams all season and thoroughly deserve to be there. So it's going to be, um, you know, a good uh, last round and then, yeah, good final series ahead. Yeah, no, nah, it's going to be a, a, a great final series to watch, mate, that's for sure. Uh, moving on, we've got one of our favourite uh, segments uh, now with the questions from our fans on Instagram, our loyal fans, do you want to kick us off, mate, with one of your I will. I will. questions that you've got? I will. I um, and as as you mentioned, I, I do want to say thank you. Say thanks again for sending questions in because you know we we mentioned that um we want to feel like the fans are a part of it as well, and the amount yep. of thanks that I've gotten now from the people that you know have asked the questions, uh, I know they greatly appreciate it. So I'll start with this one, Zach dot are ours with an S. Favorite memory in local junior footy. Oh, favorite memory in local junior footy. I remember, I think it was under fourteens. Um, we were coming up against a strong side, stronger side in Sale. Uh, Nash Holmes. There's a few weapons in that team. Bodie Walker. 
Um, and we were sort of from Yarram, so we didn't really, no one really knew of our team. It was, you know, I went to school in sale, but um, there's a couple of us that went to school in sale, but the rest were all from Yarram, and that's about 45-minute drive. And definitely went into the game, not favourites, mate, but uh, got the chocolates over the the big sale team at the time. So that was one of my favourite ones. I think it was actually Mother's Day. So I got up and, um, no, Father's Day, because I got up and made a speech because I was the skipper on the day, and I just <laughs> said at the end of it, Happy Father's Day to Dad. So it was a nice oh, well little uh, Father's Day present for the for the old man. Nice, mate. Thanks, Zach, for asking that question. What about you? Do you have any uh, junior footy memories that you want to oh, share? I've got plenty. I've got plenty. But uh, Give us one. I would love to say winning a premiership, but unfortunately, I haven't ever won a premiership at any level of uh, any level of footy. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew that. You've told me that before. Yep. So never won a uh, club premiership. So I've lost two in the AFL, lost a couple in the TAC Cup and and lost oh, four in the junior footy. Um, I feel like my, my favorite memory was probably, oh, it's a tough one. I'd probably say the first time we beat Endeavour Hills. So Endeavour Hills was our rival. Um, and they were, well, when I say rival, they had plenty of rivals. They seemed to win the granny every year and we'd finish second or third. Um. And uh, yeah, we we just couldn't beat them, and it took till under fourteens, I believe, which was nines, tens, elevens, twelves, thirteens, fourteens, six years, till we actually beat them. And um, you know, to this day, it's one of the great wins that I'm proud of to to have been a part of. They had some great players led by you know Adam, guy named Adam Frickard and Ganem Zogby. These guys were yeah, some <laughs> some gun players. So. I know they'll be listening. They'll probably uh, get a you know bit, get a bit of a kick out of being mentioned. So um, <laughs> yeah, they are uh, they were a thorn in our backs for a long time, and we still couldn't beat them. The two grannies that I played in against them, they still beat us. So um, it hurts me to this day. But yeah, they're probably my my favorite memory was winning that first um, first game against them. Nah, that's good, mate. That's good. I've got one here from Charlie Miller with five R's at the end of that Miller. Um, Opinions on the Carlton fans having a go at players post game. Did you see that clip? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I don't like it either. Yeah, it's just one thing. Look, I understand, right? We, you know, I've obviously played at Collingwood with, which is a big footy club, and my first couple of years there, we were we were underperforming and weren't playing, um, weren't playing to expectation, and a little bit of that was happening as well, and um. It is hard because the players put so much effort and time and work into one being the best individual that they can be. But, you know, everyone plays for the same reason and they want to win and they want to win games of footy and they want to win premierships. And I have no mm. doubt that they're, every player that's representing Carlton, um, you know, have the same mindset. They want to go out there and they want to win. They want to stop the doubters. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to not win. They don't want to not. You know, represent the club and and not win for this for that proud football club, and you know the, the fans just don't see it and don't get it, and it's frustrating because being a player, I've been a part of you know some abuse directed to me, but directed to our team, and um, you know it's hard to bite your tongue in the heat of the moment because you know they're questioning you as the person and the character, and you know I've heard stuff like you're a disgrace to wear the jumper and and this and that, and sometimes you just want to say you know why don't you ch- chuck the jumper on, see how you go. You know, mm. it's not as easy as it may look. These guys are, are yeah. working their asses off. And, you know, at the moment, it's not working for them. You know, it's not like they're not trying. So, 
yeah, it's it's um it's frustrating to see because as I said, I've been on on the end of of abuse cops from fans, and um it's something that players you know I, I've got no doubt learned to live with, and and this grow thick skin. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, mate. I I'd yeah second what you say, every little bit of it, because. It's a bit unfair when you when you hear some of the stuff getting thrown over the fence. I haven't really been, other than maybe the doggies game this year, um, abused too much over the fence. But yeah, that clip was just disgusting. To be honest, mm. I didn't rate it at all, and I feel like you know the supporters should be getting around their players because they're still going out there and trying every week. It's just not happening for them. So to to if you support a football club, then support your players. Don't do the the opposite and and make them feel just as bad as what they do already. The thing for me that that frustrates me the most is I hate when players' character comes into question and things Mm. that they believe in and and what they're made of is questioned and how they are as a person. And and that should never be related because footies, yes, they love it, but it's their job. It's what they, they need to do. You know, the general person leaning over the fence hurling abuse, how often are you at work getting hurled abuse at by people externally looking at you? Yep. Probably yeah. never, you know. So why do these players deserve that? They don't deserve it because at the end of the day, they're human beings. They've got feelings. They they go home to their family and, and, and you know, I know there's going to be people out there saying, I don't really care what you're saying, Adam, blah, blah, blah. But you know what it is? Players players put their ass on the line and, and you should be appreciating that. Fans should be appreciating that. And, and I understand you get frustrated. I totally understand because you love your team and you're passionate. But it's not like they're not going out there and not trying. They're trying their yeah. asses off. They want to do them proud. So... Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't like the clip either. We got a good one from Holly Cades. What is the best part about having a partner as a professional netballer? Oh, good question. Uh, for me, I feel like it's just that you live a similar lifestyle. So, for like in our position, we live obviously interstate, as we all talk about. As you know, I talk about a fair bit on the podcast. But yeah, I feel like you understand each other's life, and and because we're both professional athletes, you. You definitely give them time to to do all their things and support them through those things as well. So it's a very similar kind of person that you're dealing with, like yourself. So for me and Tip, it's it's just great that we can lean on each other at times when we need it, but also at the same time let each other go and do our do the work to make ourselves better. So I feel like it's a very you know you can drive each other throughout the relationship, but at the same time you can be there to support each other if mm. they if they if your partner ever needs it. So. I agree, mate. I second all of that, and and wait till you uh wait till you and Tipsy have a uh, either a baby girl or a baby boy. The uh, the excitement will be even uh, even more through the roof for you. But yeah, I totally agree. Do you miss playing together from Darcy Waters? Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I do. That is my answer. Oh, I do. Yeah, I do. I do miss. I do miss you uh, being able to run out there with you, and um, you know, probably the next time we play together, hopefully, will be local footy. When uh, when I'm when I'm retired and you're probably play for five or so more years and then just come join me as the old boy and we can play together. <laughs> um, but no, I definitely do. I miss um I miss that. I feel like you know it was uh, something that we definitely didn't take for granted. That's for sure, and we appreciated mm. it. And mm. I love the fact that before we, you know, before each ten bounce or the start of the game, we'd find each other and give each other a hug and wish each other all the very best for the game ahead. But yeah, I do miss it. I do miss it. Yeah, so do I. I was actually, I was actually going to say that. I, I still, to this day, after the huddles finished and we're walking out to our starting positions, think of you and like yeah. giving ourselves a yeah, giving yeah, you yeah. a high five and a hug. 
um, still goes through my mind, mate. So I do it's miss me playing too, mate. you too. Now, the best we can do is wish each other all the best they, uh, the day of the game and then obviously after. And you know what, mate? No matter how, no matter how, uh, if you played an absolute stinker, I'd still message you saying, well done, mate. You still <laughs> played a good game. <laughs> I wouldn't care. Yeah. Not, that you'd, not that you'd ever play a stinker. Um, <laughs> Isabella McGlones, M-C-G-L-O-N-E, McGlones. Don't want to get that wrong. Uh, did you always know that you wanted to play AFL growing up, which I'm going to say yes, you would have, but did you have a backup option? That's probably more the question. Did you have a backup option? And then it was, are you currently studying anything at uni? Yeah, so I obviously did want to play AFL growing up, but it wasn't probably until the age of about, I'm going to say 10, 11, that sort of time when I was young and you know really loved the sport. Actually, probably older. I reckon it was about 15 when I realized I could could actually go all the way rather than just enjoy it for what it was. Um, but at that time, I was obviously going to school and doing all my study and stuff like that. So I actually finished school a year earlier before getting drafted. So I started um, working at the school that I was going to previously and I was like a sports gappy. So I was probably going to continue down that track and be like a end up being like a PE teacher. So I'd have to study, go to unis, obviously do the the school teaching stuff. But at the same time, I was doing plenty of farm work, mate, too, which which uh, you'd understand because you've been down to the farm and spent a bit of time down there. So I was working with Panda uh, down on the farm and doing some fencing. And I was actually one thing I was doing was wrapping silage. Do you know what that is? Uh, no. So you know hay bales, like the big yep. round things. Yep. Yeah, so it's that with the net around it, but then you pick it up on the side of like a machine and you wrap it with plastic so then it can like cook oh, over I've, there. I've actually seen, yep, I've seen your old man do it. Yeah, so that's what I used to do as a kid. So when I was 16, so you turn 16, you can start driving a tractor. So mm-hmm. I would do like contracting. I'd go out to people's farms and, and work for dad <laughs> and wrap silage for him. So that was my job. That was what I was doing. <laughs> and what, and what were you doing? You're probably investing in stocks at that age at 16, knowing what your <laughs> life or something. You would have been doing something like that, crypto or something. No, 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 no. I wasn't down there. I wasn't uh, educated enough for that kind of stuff at that time. I was just putting the money in the bank, mate. I was saving as much as I possibly could. Oh, well done. Well, maybe that's what. So, do you reckon that's what you would have? That's the path pathway you would have gone down. Probably, if I didn't play footy, I would have gone down that school teacher farmer kind of pathway, but. Now, playing footy, I study real estate and I know you do too. So yep. um, that's sort of what I've gone through over my journey. I've, I have studied health science as well, which I didn't like. And then I studied business business management as well, which I thought was a little bit repetitive. So it's good to try things and different things. Um, but now I've landed on real estate and really enjoying that. What about you? Just quickly. Uh, nah, I always wanted to play footy. And I, you know, I, I've said the only other two things that I seriously ever considered. Uh, which is pretty funny. You probably laugh because you'll be like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. One of them was actually I wanted to be a wrestler. <laughs> and in that in the cupboard right there behind you where you can see, I've actually got a world heavyweight title belt. And if I didn't have these head- headphones on, I'd actually go and grab it and show you just quickly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I wanted to be a world heavyweight wrestler. And the other thing I wanted to do was I wanted to be an actor. An actor. I actually I'd wanted to be to an actor. I'd love to see you as an actor. I went to acting school for one class kind of thingy and, um, yeah, I just never went back for some reason. I don't think we could afford it. I think mum could afford it, so I didn't do it. So that were my two things. I never – honestly, there was nothing that ever really crossed my mind in 
in terms of anything else. I just wanted to play footy. I just wanted to do something in the sport. So, yeah, that was kind of it. Nah, I like it. I've got one here for you, Adzi, from mm-hmm. Rylan Crosser. Why did Adam switch up the boots? Wore grey tiempos against Port. Did you wear different boots against Port on the weekend? Oh, great observation. <laughs> wow. I'm actually really impressed. Um, I actually forgot my orthotics. I left my orthotics <laughs> in my runners. So I rotate my orthotics in everything. Um, and it's funny because the old me would have uh, would have stressed out. Like when I say the old, I mean like from five, six years ago because I was so pedantic and OCD. Um, I would have stressed out big time. But as soon as I realized, I was like, oh, geez, I can't wear – because I've stretched out those gray tempos. I, um, they fit well in my foot better than if I don't have orthotics because that's the only reason. So I brought the gray and the current day, you know, this version tempo, the white and blue ones, I think. I um yeah, it's the only reason why I wore them. So yeah, great observation. Legit, <laughs> the only reason why because I forgot, I forgot uh, my um my orthotics. That's something that you'd realize, I reckon. I didn't notice that, but yeah, that is a great observation. I've got one more question, and this is actually from me. Last one. So I'm not sure if you would have seen, but on Saturday night, the Bulldogs had their um Hall of Fame dinner. And we celebrated some legends, Brad Johnson and Luke Darcy and some absolute champions. But we also celebrated uh, uh, what was inducted into the Hall of Fame as well as the the women's AFL women's premiership. The 2016 premiership was also inducted into the Hall of Fame. So that's obviously you're a part of that. Does that make you proud? That's my question. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was actually chatting to Dale Morris who was inducted into the Hall of Fame yes. on Saturday night as well and uh, we were chatting about it, and he told me that that moment was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and we sort of, we sort of share that connection. It was funny because we were like, "Oh yeah, like that's us," and to hear like that word in us and being a part of that team means the absolute world. So, yeah, obviously very proud and proud moment for myself and um, the other boys as well because we did it as a team or we did it as a club that year. Uh, the, the whole list was utilized. The whole footy club was a part of it. So incredible, incredible memories um, from 2016. So, yeah, as I said, just a huge honor to be a part of that moment. Um, never heard of induction, well, moments being inducted into the Hall of Fame, but, mm. uh, yeah, still still take it, that's for sure. Yeah, well done, mate. Well done. Thank you, mate. I've got one other one just before yep. we finish up. Woodside yep. Beach Hotel have written yes. in. Who's your flag, Smokey, at this time of the year? Who do you think is your number one tip to win the flag? And let's say you can't say Collingwood because mm. everyone Who says Collingwood. Who can't I say? Yeah, but then can I not say Collingwood Adelaide either? You can't say, yeah, you can't say any of the top four. Which is Collingwood, Port Adelaide, Melbourne, and Brisbane? Yep. Oh, obviously outside of us because I generally believe that we can. We can. Outside of you. I don't know. For some reason – the two teams that come to mind are Adelaide and St. Kilda, and that's probably going to sound stupid because they're in the top eight, I think they are. Um, but I just think you get Adelaide maybe at Adelaide Oval if they get an opportunity there. Um, you're not going to – I don't feel like you're going to beat them. Uh, and I also think if they get their tails up and can play – the exciting round they play. You see, you know, they put up 170 points or whatever it was last week and against you guys, they obviously were really good as well. I feel like, yeah, their best can 
match it with, you know, any any of the top four sides. They're absolute best. And I think St. Kilda, because the way they are defensively, you know, I feel like defense does win premierships. You've got to have some form yep. of offense and play well, but defense does win for premierships. I feel like their defense is obviously as good as anybody's. Um, it's just that they consistently get it well on the offensive side of the ball, which they have. They're, they're a chance as well. What about you? I was going to say the Crows too, but because you've said them, I'm going to say someone different in Frio. I think Frio, oh, yeah. with a little bit of momentum, they would be hard to beat. They knocked off the Ds at the G a couple of weeks ago. If they ended up getting a home final, winning that, and then going to the MCG with a lot of momentum behind them, I reckon they would be a tough team to beat. And we've obviously played them already, and so have you. So, um, yeah, now they've got their tails up. Oh, it's a hard one because now I think about Richmond as well, and they're kind yep. of playing like, you know, the Richmond of the past few seasons where it's just scintillating. That's a word. It's just unbelievable. You can't – when they get going, you can't stop them. So, yeah, they've played a, mm. clearly with – um, Andrew McWalter coming in and he's showing his capabilities as a senior coach. So, yeah, they're probably another side. But, yeah, good question. Tough one. Good from the Woodside Beach Hotel, mate. Yep. Hold on. You probably jumped into the socials <laughs> and just put it in yourself and then <laughs> thought it was them. But, um, no, nah, we'll go to uh, go to this segment that we're absolutely loving at the moment because it's getting a lot of traction from our um, from our fans, the start bench cut. You've, you've asked me the f- past couple of weeks, so I'm going to ask you. Yep. This is a tough one. Three quality players, small forwards who get up the ground and just absolute quality. Obviously, the question is start, bench, cut. You're going to go first. The three players are Bobby Hill, obviously from Collingwood, Dylan Moore from the Hawks, and Josh Rochelle from the Crows. Who are you start, benching, and cutting? Oh, start, bench, cut. Okay. Um, I'm going to start Dylan Moore. I, I rate him as a player. He's a workhorse. Uh and he can kick goals like he's a he's a good player. I played him on the weekend, uh, kicked an incredible goal, set shot from the boundary line in the pocket. Like chances of kicking that are very rare. Um, so I'm going to say him because I just respect the way that he plays. Um, not saying the other two guys aren't as good, but I just feel like he is one that you would want in your team. Bench. I'm going to bench Josh Rochelle from the Crows just because of his X factor and his energy. Um, and I'm going to cut Bobby Hill from the pies. Yeah, so I agree with you the start. I'll start Dylan Moore from what you said. I totally agree. Totally agree. He's a, um, you know, when when the Hawks start, you know, winning more games consistently and competing for finals in, you know, whether it's this year or years to come, they he'll constantly be spoken about and will probably be yep. an All-Australian here or there. He's an absolute gun. So I'm going to say Dylan Moore, but I'm going to swap the other. I then I, I then reckon Bobby Hill – I'll bench and then I'll cut Josh Rochelle for for what you said as well. I feel like Bobby Hill's X factor. Um, yeah, he's I don't know. I just maybe I see it a lot more because he because he's at Collingwood and he plays in front of the big crowd. Because you're a Pies and, man, mate. It's because you're a Pies yeah, man. And I've got a bit of Pies blood in me. <laughs> I um, I'm gonna say Bobby Hill and yeah, unfortunately Josh Rochelle, but yeah, he's as good as any of those small forwards. Um, you know when he gets an opportunity, so. It's a good one this week. I'm looking forward to the next one. Tommy's doing a great job getting these start bench and cuts. He is. He is. Nah, it's good. Great, great little segment we've got. But moving on, the one that we always talk about too that's actually fine, like it's going to be over now, so we're going to have to find something else to talk about is the uh, <laughs> NBA finals. Mate, Denver are champions. I picked it. I picked it from the start. Yeah, you did. You did mention Denver. You did say that Miami were going to win one more and it was going to be 
2-2 or 3-2, whatever it would have been today. So you got that wrong. But uh, no, you no, did no. Pick I reckon Denver. I picked I picked Denver from the start of the playoffs. Oh no, you did. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I agree. I agree. You did. I'm saying from last week's podcast, you mentioned. Oh yeah. yeah. I asked you as we finished. So you're not always right, just for what it's worth. But you were right. <laughs> I'll give you oh, that. Thanks. You were right. You said Denver. They uh, obviously got the job done. Oh yeah. Where do you even Where do you even start? I feel like every close game that they were in, which was pretty much every game, they still found a way to win. And they were down most of the game today. And um, the start of the last quarter where Miami literally like, – it was it was a terrible offensive game. Both teams were terrible on the offensive side. But maybe that's just a reflection of how good they were defensively, both, both teams. Yeah. But every time the game was close, you just felt like Denver were going to win. Yeah, I agree that – have you ever seen a more relaxed NBA Never. champion than Nikola Jokic? <laughs> that was the first thing I thought. I was, uh, yeah, one of the things I laughed about was when they did the team photo. So the photo where they actually, you know, the whole like team and even the support staff and the owner and everyone yeah. get there. Usually the guy sitting on the, the, the podium but on the ground bit is the best player. So last year was obviously Steph and Clay and Draymond. Year before that was Giannis, Chris Middleton. This year was it was um, Jamal Murray and oh, I don't know. I think it might have been Contavious Caldwell Pope. Freaking <laughs> Nicole Yoga's just standing in the corner. He's just standing over in the corner with his with his daughter, which is beautiful. You mean I, I love that because if it was me, I'd want Georgie there as well. But it just makes me laugh because if that doesn't show anyone who's more relaxed, I don't know what does because. You know, it was uh, it was quite a funny celebration because he's left his MVP trophy on the desk after winning it, and then he's gone and said, <laughs> no. and he's gone and said they asked him about the the parade, and he's like, "I'm not looking forward to the parade. I just want to go <laughs> yeah. home earlier." So they might have Ru- to bring that forward. Yeah, rumors are they're bringing it forward, and you know what? If he requested, I would. Denver, <laughs> just do whatever he wants because he's just brought you a uh, your first ring in the history championship. Of- of the of the Denver Nuggets, and I think it's been the longest wait for a team to win from a startup. So I think it's been forty six years, and previous the longest was Miami Heat forty five years. So yeah, it's it's great to see, and um, I feel like it it uh, strengthens strengthens the case that we said with Jokic being the MVP when it was announced, obviously five weeks ago, and Joel Embiid won it. We both said. I feel like Jokic should be the MVP. It shows how important, you know, he is to the team. Um, yeah. Fast forward five weeks, he's the whole reason. You know, Jamal Murray was incredible. So was Aaron Gordon and, and um, Mock Porter Jr. In, in stages. But, yeah, it just it just reiterates what we both thought of him and how good it was that he actually, you know, won, won, the, MV, uh, won the finals MVP but then obviously won the um, championship as well. Who would you say is your most like Jokic at the Dogs? Like? that relaxed kind of vibe. When it comes to winning, because obviously we're going to say winning, honestly, I, was, I, I would have said Nader, Jackson McRae, yep. but a new clubhouse leader, well and truly is Liam Jones. Yep, yep. Liam we'll Jones, he doesn't, you know, and it's great because it just shows he, he doesn't get dictated by outcomes. He worries, you know, he, he must just enjoy going out there, doing what he does the best. Which is what Nicole Jokic does, and just whether you win, oh well done, I won. If you lose, oh, yeah, I lost. Whatever, I'll move on to the next week. What about you? Yeah. Oh, mine's definitely Joey Danaher. 
Really? Definitely. Yep. Doesn't like he 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 comes to the club. He he does his work and does as much as he um like he does over and above of what he does, which is great to see. And you just know that he's going to do the work behind the scenes. But then as soon as it's done, see you later. He goes home. He lives two hours away or whatever he, whatever it is uh, down the coast with his family, which is awesome. And then he just comes to the club the next day. Like he gets up at 4 a.m. every morning and drives like just no fuss at all and doesn't talk to media. I think he actually did his first press conference today. So it's uh, <laughs> it's just incredible. It's incredible. And full respect to him because that's the way that it works for him and and that's what we we accept at the footy club. We accept all different types of individuals, mate. So I love it. I love it. Yeah, well, Jokic is clearly like that. It won't be surprised if they celebrate tomorrow's um, – they do the parade tomorrow and then he's on the first private jet out of there to to go to his uh, horse stable and um, race his horses because he loves his horses. But what about Jimmy Butler? What was your – you know, it's funny how – you know, how uh, – how a week can change, and this time last week, they I think they just won their first game or their only game, and everyone was talking about this incredible Miami Heat team, and and yes, they were incredible, and the second the second eighth seed to go to the finals obviously didn't win, but um, had an incredible season considering they were five minutes away from getting eliminated in the play-in. Mm. But then fast forward a week, and yeah, there's Stephen A. Smith coming out and saying Jimmy Butler is not on the same level as LeBron, KD, and Steph. Although he's just taken the eighth seed to the obviously to the finals, um, you know it looked like he, you know he just wasn't being aggressive when he had the ball. The only time he was aggressive was game two when they won. Other than that, my game three a little bit, but not really. Just to me, it just looked like he was exhausted. Honestly, it just looked like he was totally exhausted. Yeah. Don't know if the ankle, the rolled ankle, played a part. He said it didn't, but it looked like that. It just wasn't him. Or the way that he was playing in the Boston series, what was uh, yeah? What was your thoughts on on the Jimmy Butler um, final series? I, I thought he started incredibly well, and like you said, he got them to the position that they were in. I did feel like I don't know if it was game six or seven against Boston, but he started playing like yeah, not as aggressive, and he drive to the to the basket, but then look to give it back out, like like he's trying to draw in the D and pop it back out and get an assist, but. I think when he's at his best, he's just taking that to the hoop and 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 putting it in. Like mm. that's his that's his signature sort of moves, and he's like his shooting percentage was down too. But I just feel like his his first few games or first few series were much better than what the last one and a half were. Yeah, I agree, and 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 his numbers say that as well. With his shooting, his shooting was clearly down from from what it has been in the in this playoffs. But yeah, I. If he hasn't, if he hasn't gained more fans than what, you know, he had prior to this final series or this playoff series, then I don't know what he needs to do because the amount of respect that he he should have gained and and has gained from everyone externally has to be through the roof because, you mm. know, it shows that a guy with his mentality, what he believes in, all he cares about, and he's not a regular season player. He's not going to win an MVP, but he's going to do all he can in the final series or in the playoff series to get his team there. So. I um you know my love for Jimmy Butler well and truly grew this year and I cannot wait to see how they go next year. I um you know speaking of next year, who do you think? And I think it's hard because we don't know where some players are going to go, so it's really hard yep. to pick a a winner next season. But right now, with LeBron at the Lakers, James Harden's still at Philly. You just factoring that they're there. This will change if they leave, obviously. But as of right now, if the teams were set, who would be your team to win it next year? 
Oh, for me, I'm going to look at someone like Phoenix Suns just because I feel like they're going to have another year of connection. Um, that KD trade went through pretty late. They probably weren't used to it enough to to go deep into the finals so and the playoffs. So, yeah, I feel like maybe them. That's That would be my tip right now. Yeah, yeah, I'd say the same. Obviously, it's hard because you don't know what Chris Paul's going to do. They obviously yeah. declined his contract, um, but apparently they want him back. My pick is actually, honestly, is going to be the Heat. I, All right. I am, I'm taking a leaf out of Milwaukee because Giannis took them a while. Eventually, got there with the same roster. Essentially, Denver Nuggets have essentially had the same roster, other than Aaron Gordon being there, but with their main yep. stars. So with with um, obviously Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, I think Tyler Hero not playing in this final series was a huge. Huge factor in them not eventually winning. I mean, they got to the finals, but if he was fit and healthy, you know, they could have probably finished higher. I think Victor Oladipo going down really hurt them as well. So not factoring in wherever team players go because there's rumors LeBron's going to Dallas and Kyrie's going to Dallas and all these players are going everywhere. Kawhi Leonard's going to go somewhere apparently. So right now as we speak, I'm going to say Miami Heat next year. All right. We'll remember that. I've got the the Suns and you've got the Heat. But before the season oh, here we starts, go. <laughs> no, we're allowed to ch- – mate, if LeBron goes to Dallas or, you know, something big like that happens where there's another super team, you've got to be allowed to change this. AD, okay, AD might right. leave. Who knows? Um, all right. What about a trade? If there was a trade to happen, big star, well, what, where do you want to see him go and who? No, LeBron to Dallas would be pretty cool to see him, Kyrie, and Luca all together. That would be pretty sick. I don't think this is a big one because I don't think he's an absolute like he's not in the echelon of the A graders, A pluses. He's an A grader, but not an A plus. Uh, Zach Levine, I'd love to see Zach Levine go to a team like a contending team. So, say LeBron and AD stay together, Zach Levine go to the Lakers and see how they would yeah. go with a scorer like Zach Levine who can get a bucket and shoot as well with LeBron and whatnot. So. He's my uh, he's my one, and the one that I'm interested in as well is James Harden. I'm keen to see if he does does go to Houston. From all believe, from all um, reports, he wants to go to the Rockets. So that'll be interesting. There you go, there you go. And before we touch up on the uh, the basketball stuff, we want to congratulate Aussie Jack White too. Um, oh, yes. We've actually got some news. He's gonna he's gonna join us on our podcast uh, when he gets back to Australia. So that'll be cool to. Um, spend some time with him, mate, and have a chat about all his experiences throughout the finals and the playoffs. So huge congrats to him. Um, yeah, grew up with him, playing basketball with him, and uh, it's, it's just incredible to know that now he's an NBA champion and he's, he's got that ring. So um, huge. Yeah, and no, I agree. We love seeing the Aussies obviously have success and um, what a situation for him to to be in and have that experience and towards the end of the regular season actually played some minutes and played some good minutes. So um, no doubt he'll be, uh, yeah, he'll be on top of the world right now, and um, we're all very proud of him here in Australia. Before before we uh, finish up, it's been another great episode. What are we going to do for ten to fifteen <laughs> minutes of an episode without the NBA? I mean, I know what I'd like to do. I'd like to uh, start preparing for NFL fantasy in <laughs> in four months' time because uh, you think uh, well, our listeners out there think that we love. Um, the NBA, wait till we do an off-season ads and dunks podcast. The episode is just going to be purely about the NFL fantasy and the eight teams that I have. 
and the mock drafts that we got to do and all this kind of stuff. Now, I, I think I think we should potentially put it to the fans. I reckon we should ask the fans what they want for ten to fifteen minutes and and get their feedback and then run that. I reckon that's a good idea. All right, and then we'll sneak in NFL fantasy. So make sure you do your uh, make sure you do your research for the next week, mate, because I'll be peppering you with heaps of questions. But now I um I I totally agree with that. We'll um. Set a poll out this week and see what uh, we'll see what the fans want us to talk about. Sounds good, mate. Look forward to it. Well, mate, before we go, is there anything else you want to say or uh, or wrap it up? Nah, let's wrap it up. I think it's been a great episode. Um, thanks again, everyone, for for listening to the Ads and Dunks podcast, exclusively brought to you by the Oz American Aces. We appreciate all your support. Uh, if you haven't already, still head over to Apple, Spotify, give us that five star rating. Uh, we are 328 ratings away from organizing our biggest giveaway yet. So thanks again, Adzi. Look forward to seeing you next week, mate. You too, mate. Good luck. You too.